As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Team Never Quit Podcast. Today, we have a great guest in store. Shay Haver is one of the first two women to ever graduate from the U.S. Army Ranger School, which occurred on the 21st of August in 2015. So... We we're coming Happy right around the anniversary. Right? Yeah, yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Haver was ranked 34th on the Fortune magazine's 2016 list of world's greatest leaders. In 2018, Captain Haver was inducted into the U.S. Army Women's Foundation Hall of Fame. Welcome to the show, Shay. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for doing that. This is gonna be fun. I'm. I, I've been looking forward to this. I even when when the news came out that y'all were going through. Did y'all want to bre break that, or did you want? We're all trying to keep that under wraps. Uh, to be honest, I think it would have been amazing to keep it under wraps. No, I'm, no that's what, I, absolutely. That's I agree with you. I was just wondering. Yeah, we had no idea. Uh, to be honest, once we got into school, well, because there wasn't the madness beforehand. So right. once we got into school, you know, you don't have access to any social media or news outlet or anything like that. We would just know randomly, and then occasionally they would come and brief our class and just be like, "Hey, there's going to be some." 
civilians out there. Uh, don't talk to them. Don't look, you know, don't pay attention to them. Other than that, we had no idea with what they were doing or that they were filming us live. So we so all, the shocker, y'all were, y'all were cut the up, shocker right? came when we actually like we graduated. People knew we had no idea people would even know or knew that we were graduated or we were graduating before like we did. That's that was the madness. That's crazy. Today's Patreon question of the day is what is the weirdest way you've ever injured yourself? And I'm going to start that off with, this was so weird. One time I was about 11 or 12, and it was November, so I wasn't supposed to be swimming. But I jumped in a pool, full nice school pants on. Or no, not a pool, a pond. And there was a catfish in there that swam up my pant leg, and his barb on his fin went into my knee. So I had to walk all the way back to the house soaking wet and then got in trouble for messing up the pants and then swimming. And then my dad started spraying it with the water hose and it just flipped around every which way. It hurt so bad, but it came right out of my knee once he hit it with the water. It was the weirdest thing, injury I've ever had. you have long pants on? I did. It was and a catfish so swim up your pants. It went up the pants. Like, I went down I'll in I'll never the tell mud. that story again. All right. <laughs> Deal. I see I where you're going. I know I was about Addie's age, and my grandparents had a little farm, and they told me not to go in this one area where there were these uh, calves pinned up, and... I really wanted to just go and pet the calf. I mean, it was a baby. It looked yeah. so cute. And I just, I kept gravitating towards that area. And they were like, don't go in there. You'll get hurt. And I'm like, meh. So as soon as they weren't looking, I <laughs> crawl under the fence and go in there. And I'm walking up behind it to pet it on its butt. And that sucker donkey kicked me in the stomach, <laughs> sent me flying back. I lost my breath. I think I blacked out for a second. I was in so much pain, but I couldn't say anything because I didn't want to tell my grandparents that, you know, I actually went in there. And so I just cried in fetal position until I could just get up and dust myself off. Never told them that I did it. Yeah. Wow. That was my weirdest injury, I think. Yeah. All right. What about you? All right. Weirdest injury. Actually, I thought immediately when he when he said this, I was like, oh, man, I have to tell this story. Dang it. Uh, So I was I was five uh, doing a puzzle on the ground with my well by myself uh, and perfectionistic um, me uh, had like the the edges and the outline already done. I was putting together some pieces and my sister, who's two years younger than me, uh, decided she wanted to help. Um, but in, in a way that we were already talking about dysfunctional family members earlier in a way that she knew would really get under my skin. She decided she was going to put it in a play, you know, a puzzle piece in a place that it didn't go, uh, and, and try to force it in there, uh, in my five-year-old rage, um, of ruining this perfect puzzle I was putting together. Uh, I tried to just not like nail her, hit her as hard as I possibly could. Um, and she jumped out of the way. At the same time, and I punched the ground so hard at five years old, I gave myself a boxer, boxer's fracture. Oh, oh my wow. God. <laughs> That's pretty good because the bones really aren't, you know, nice work. Yeah. Oh, was that serious? It was that serious to me. <laughs> so stay that away is there. so funny. Hey, that's a big deal when someone snatches a puzzle piece because that happened I to us all the time. Well, mm-hmm. Especially during quarantine, we got <laughs> locked down. That was, we, we had a puzzle. Uh, thief. Yeah, we puzzle have puzzle piece, piece thief. thief. Piece thief uh, right? What do we call it? The bandit. the bandit. Puzzle piece bandit. They would steal one, one piece. This is a real thing. This it, it almost. Happens. I mean, I almost hunted them down as a homicide, dude. <laughs> right. It, yeah. At first, we just thought that maybe the dog got one of them or something yeah. like that, but it, it truly was. 
And it would make me so angry. Yeah, we never caught because him. Because we would... We never caught him. I have an idea of... Oh, you can't throw that out loud, man, because yeah. I accuse everybody. Yeah, yeah. but someone guilty. would take <laughs> one piece out of every... And we did a puzzle like every three days, like a thousand piece puzzle every every yeah. couple days. And someone would take one freaking piece. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Enraging. Yeah, I would rage. Yeah, I'm. I love oh, puzzles, especially if you get into them. I because I wasn't. I didn't. He doesn't do, get into I, it I, until unless it's the holidays. Like when they spread them out on the table and there's nothing else to do out there besides watch football. And I, I, I will. I usually creep up at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah I helped y'all. Yeah, yeah. Like, now wait a minute. I turn the pieces over for you every time. You do. Oh, he, yeah. he flips the pieces for me. I, I think that's that's the notable. That's that's, thank yeah. you, thank thank you. I think that's a notable profession. I can't believe you actually had a fracture at five years old from hitting your own from your own force. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. That's good stuff. What's the weirdest yeah. injury you've had? What, was it weirdest injury or weirdest way I got hurt? Uh, weirdest injury that yeah, just weirdest way you've I ever think been it could hurt. Be either I think I for think... you it's probably throwing your back out by getting ice out of the ice machine. That's a good one. But that so there was a time this is before I was married. I don't remember it was late. There wasn't a moon out. It was pitch black, no stars. And I'd walk I'd fallen asleep at my mom's house and I was gonna walk outside. I got something to eat. I got I woke up to get something to eat and I turned the lights on. Well, after I was done eating, I turned the lights off. I was walking out the door to go to my house. So I started walking down a deal and I, I couldn't see anything. I mean, it was from that bright light, my mom's house to that straight darkness. And I ran into something and it hit me in the chest. I mean, I was kind of, I wasn't moving with a purpose, but I was walking out pretty good. And I, it hit me in the chest and knocked me backwards. And I was in a, a back brace and I was from one of my surgeries and everything like that. And all of a sudden I hear something hit the wall or hit the ground and make this sound and get up and haul ass running. And I, I didn't. So I get up, man, and I go in and try and grab my rifle, come out, because it it took off. Come to find out, we had this old mare, this old horse, I mean real old, and she would fall asleep and fall over and lean against the house to to sleep, and I didn't see her. So I ran into her, and she was asleep, and I woke her up, and she kind of kicked back. Because I think sometimes she'd have a heart attack and die, and when she hit the ground and start her heart again, she was great. She wasn't real big, so when she hit me, it wasn't that bad. But, um, oh. And anyways, I, I re-injured my back. Dude, I don't think I've ever told that story. Y'all don't tell anybody, right? All right. Yeah. My gosh. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember you telling me uh, that story. That was right before we That's met. one of my brother's favorite stories of me getting hurt. That's definitely oh, a this. weird Here comes one. the... Hey, all right, down. Definitely a weird one. Yeah. I guess we need to take it back. We need to figure out yeah, where I want to it came all, from. Yeah, all the way back yeah. to the beginning. How like, did... I, your mom, like mom and dad... You got a family history of, of service, or is this one yeah. of the deals you just Her dad. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I grew up as an army brat, um, which uh, definitely put me into an environment where um, I could, uh, from both sides, see my dad contributing and serving, but also what family members, you know, do to serve and and also sacrifice um, from that from that end. So I'd been around it, uh, born into it. Um, my, my whole life. And then, uh, and then I decided, um, I chose to go to, um, the United States military Academy, West Point and, and, and join the army myself at 17 years old. So that's kind of how it got started. All right, so are you an enlisted brat or an officer brat? 
My dad was a warrant officer, so I'm kind of an. Oh, was a I'm third. A, That's a, a third team. option. Yeah, I didn't I'm even think team. about that one, man. That's right. I forgot yeah. about y'all, I for, man. Yeah. You know, y'all get so overlooked my dad will, sometimes. He, he he reminds me often that uh, I'm I'm the uh, I'm the RLO, the real life officer, and then he gets to be you know the subject matter expert. Oh yeah. Which, that's well, right. Yeah, I love man. my they're, fun, they're funny about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. When they show up, it's a different kind of respect. Yeah. They don't get absolutely. nobody talks about them. I mean, you don't That's hear right. a lot about them, man. They're just and there's a reason for that. But they're great. For so to sh- us, sure. non-military people, what is the difference between a warrant officer and? An- Go ahead. You want to explain it? Sure. Yeah. So usually uh, warrant officers are prior enlisted and have some prior enlisted service um, and they go through a different route. Um, Officers um, get commissioned through going through college uh, or OCS, uh, which is specific to doing certain jobs in the Army. And then um, warrant officers do warrant officer candidate school um, as their uh, intermediate uh, education, essentially. And then they go off and they are technical uh, and tactical experts uh, in the field, and they're generally uh, in charge of um, operations and tactics in a in a different role than leadership. Um, mostly, uh, not that they're not in leadership roles; they absolutely can be, but they are expected to be the tactical and technical experts. That's a. Are you reading that from somewhere? That's pretty no, good. That's I, actually I, really I good. That, that's absolutely right. That's what, that's really good. I, I, yeah, I it's, it. it's it's kind of one of those deals because between the officers and the enlisted. When the enlisted guys say a comm guy or, or somebody who in the motor pool or the armory who deals with weapons, like if something goes wrong, a lot of times with the officers, they'll just say, Roger, that they won't they won't ask questions or they don't they don't understand. The best is with comms. Like if you can't make radio, if you can't make a signal somewhere and get comms or something, that's there's usually a reason for it. But if you don't know what it is, you can make something up. And a lot of the officers will be like, all right, Roger, that. But the warrant officers are prior enlisted, right? So they have all the experience, and then they cross over, and then they get the respect that you give an officer. So it's kind of, I mean, and then we have Mustangs. Now, those are different, too. So I mean, is there's Morgan kind of, a warrant officer? No. Well, that's what I was getting into. There's No, he's not. There's different ones. There's, there's, we have what's called Mustangs, and those are enlisted that go into straight officer, which are line officers. They're called line. Like, she's a line. You're a line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the enlist, there's a bunch of... Man, it's really complicated. Well, think Mar- about <laughs> Marcus's twin brother. I forgot about all this. I was like, man, I talked about it forever. Marcus's twin brother Morgan went in and to SEAL enlist- teams, yeah. enlisted. His Mustang. And then he went to OCS. Yeah, same rank. Yeah. Same rank as you. And um, that's how I know a lot of this. That's we had so much fun. So there's the warrant officers go through a different school. The line officers go through a different school. And then there's OCS, which is like a fork and knife. Yep. And then there's y'all. There's the West Point graduates, and then you have the, acad- the academy people, the academy grads, yeah. the academy officers. They're completely different. Oh, yeah, they're special. Completely di- <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. When they walk in, you freaking know it. They'll have that ring on that you can see that looks like a, a light tower from-, from forever. And I mean, when they get around each other, that Army-Navy game, that's a real thing. Oh, I've yeah. I've never been. I, we're going. We're, you, you, you gotta go. I want yeah, to I, I have, Yeah, I wanted to. We get invited every year, and it, it's always like, it's close to Christmas or something. There's yep. something always yep. going on that yeah. we can't make it. We, we, I think got, the one time we go. were going to go it, is when quarantine cool. hit. Yeah. Got to got to make that right. It's it's a big deal. So I've been to one game out out at West Point, when, and I had never been out to the uh, to, to the academy ever. And you hear stories about it, and I watch the, the TV shows about it. And you hear those gray wall, you know, you see those gray walls kind of deal. But when you get in there, it's completely different. It was the coolest place, and it is so 
unique for the overlooking the Hudson, how beautiful it is when those trees change. I oh, mean, yeah. it's a hidden it little cool. It's a it's pretty cool. It's you hidden. were at West Point when I told you I was pregnant. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is good luck. How about that? I forgot. <laughs> I didn't forget about I that. Sent him a, I sent <laughs> yeah. him a picture of my pregnancy test yeah, while right. he was at West Point doing a book signing or something. Oh, yeah, awesome. I was, I was yeah. with the army when I found out I was having a kid. <laughs> How about? Hopefully, he can go to West. Maybe I can get him into West Point because of that. I was like, hey, look. Hey, there you go. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, right. Hey, remember this conversation we had one day when you're running a show up there? All right? I was like, hey, my kid, he's, he's like, he needs to go to school. I know you're, I don't know if you remember this a while back. We talked about this. And, uh, <laughs> this is good. Like, he's got roots. He's yeah, got roots. That's right. That's right. All right, cool. So when you, how many siblings do you have? I got, I have two. Uh, I'm the oldest. Um, my, my sister is two years younger than me. And then I have a brother who's eight years younger than me, just commissioned into the Air Force. Nice. What's, what's your middle sister? What's she do? She is a healthy lifestyles coach. Uh, she lives out in Las Vegas with her husband, who's an airline pilot. And still they in the are, service industry, though. Yeah, still. Uh, just, yeah, they're sure. a, they're a badass family. Like seriously, they they race uh, mountain bikes and rock climb and. Um, oh, one of them. So she still has that genetic makeup, but she just didn't go in. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. she's she's a free spirit. Hence right, right. the you know trying to drive me nuts when we were growing up and uh, <laughs> not following the rules. So I, I was probably more prone to. Uh, following the military and doing and doing the hard stuff in that way. And she finds her own, her, her own way to do it the uh, hard way. That's what the middle one's for, right? That's right. I think so. Yeah. I think it's, I always uh, heard that. I, I never, yeah, but I always heard that too. And your younger says air force. Right. Yep. He just, uh, he just, uh, commissioned out of uh, Arizona state university. So I, I always thought that was like, you know, America's premier, um, party school. Oh, it is. Uh, they, that's I, a yeah. little hidden. I mean, they got great, accommodations out there for that 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 description yeah. For, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. oh so, man i went to the premier God. leadership school uh, sorry navy people but uh. and then my brother went to the premier party school and ended up going to the air force so I, it seems like he probably picked the best path good out for of him yeah you know he's the baby hey getting being the younger one he did i i mean yeah. i've been out there a few times i imagine he had a blast oh i know he yeah, did i don't even I, imagine absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we all we know that all right so when how old were you when you decided that you wanted to or when you kind of figured out you wanted to go into the military or and what made that happen yeah so uh, that, yeah that's a great question so when i was about like seven or eight um doing uh sports with uh, at like mdw on post like they're they're always co-ed sports Um, and, and, uh, so I had to make a choice at seven or eight years old. My dad was like, all right, you can't do everything. Uh, you got to pick one. I was doing gymnastics and soccer at the time. Uh, and I chose, uh, to do soccer because I wanted to stay in like the co-ed environment. And I felt like all my friends, the the guys and the girls, the guys, you know, made me tougher and, and made me stronger and faster. And so I, I wanted to, to do that. Um, so with that in mind, uh, and just kind of growing up in a team sport environment, and then also, um, kind of always being kind of the smaller and, and getting, you know, made to be tougher, uh, by the people around me. Um, I, I took that with me as I kind of grew up and, and into, into right before high school timeframe, um, where I, uh, I remember pretty distinctly, uh, asking my mom, uh, once if, uh, if women, 
uh, were like, if, if it was a career, if women had careers like in the army or in the military in general, and, uh, cause I had never really seen or heard about them. And my dad, you know, my dad, I don't think that I ever saw like from my dad's units, um, any other women, I, I'm sure that they were, but obviously there are fewer and far between. Um, but I, but I really liked the idea. I, I loved being around the military, the service aspect of it, the community aspect of it. Uh, and so I think I was just, I was curious, um, and I knew that I wanted to continue to do like hard things and grow and grow uh, and to be challenged. So it was about that time. I guess I had to have been like 12 or 13 when I started like asking those questions um, right before I went into high school. Um, and then in high school, um, I went to public school for the first time at, right outside of Fort Hood, Texas. At oh, Coppers yeah, the Cove. hood. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah Coppers Cove High School uh, was my, my um, introduction to um, army ROTC. So I played sports. I, I continued to play soccer my, my whole, you know, life leading up to, to college. And, um, and I was like, Hey, I need, I want to try some other things. I need to get involved, um, with, uh, kind of the, the community, how am I going to fit in, uh, at a new school? Um, and I kind of got, um, diverted and, and routed and going, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I think I can, I think I can do that. And, and that looks interesting. So, so how, how many high schools um, did you go to? What was that? How many high schools did you wind up going to? I got, I am lucky. Um, I got to go to Copper's Cove High School all four years. Oh, cool. We were st- yeah, so t- we were stable there. When you talk about that, especially when you move around, and did your parents push the whole military? Because that's a thing. Like yeah. Some families. No, absolutely. I would, say, I would say that my, my dad was like borderline morally opposed to me going into the army. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So I thought that's kind of like, I figured. Like, yeah, because he's like, listen, he's like, it's like, why why do you want to do hardest stuff? Like, why do you want to do hard things? Why don't you just want to live an easy life? Like, or, or pick something, be better than me. That was always his thing. He's like, be better than me. Go do something better than me. Um, and so, yeah, he's interestingly a great man. enough, what was that? He's a great man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm talking uh, about? So it's like, go, when we, I think about that too, because when we're like, hey, go find, be better. But yeah. in a life when you, the reward comes with how hard things are, you, you can't, it's, it's, you can't understand it, and it's hard to tell somebody about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just the fact that you that you wanted to—I could, I could imagine. I have a daughter now. Yeah, I do. So, I mean, I could see him. I got—that's why I was wondering. I was like, "Hey, how does that work? Do I do I need to push the military away, and then she'll what? They gravitate towards?" I'm asking for some advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is uh, the unfortunate uh, consequences of my dad being very um, specifically telling me to not to or not to do things. Oh, great. All right, I'll keep that I in mind. The kid, yeah, right. I was the kid to do the opposite. So if dad was like, "Don't go in the army," go in the army. He actually told me, "Don't go aviation." I went aviation. Yeah. Uh, Again, advice. Don't go into the infantry. I went into the infantry. So I don't really, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe yeah. you just tell them the opposite. Yeah, the reverse psychology thing. Yeah. I don't yeah, know, yeah, man. She's really yeah. smart, too. So she might play me. I think, you know, it's, I don't know. She's very feisty. Feisty, yeah. I feel like she's yeah. going to try to do whatever she can. Yeah, so people like that. I guess people like us. Yeah. Uh, we got to learn the hard, we got to, we learn um, from doing it ourselves. Yeah, the hard way. I, when you when people say that, I, I pre. It's it's actually a, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's like man, there's there's multiple ways to do this, and the hard one yeah. teaches you something just like everything else. It's for hard people. Okay, yeah. so you're in ROTC outside of Fort Hood, which is dangerous as hell. It's I'm the hood, sorry. man. It's that's like, a bad, that's a big, <laughs> huge army base. Fort Hood is they call it the Great Place. Yeah, <laughs> the Great Place. Yeah. Um. So, what was that like? Because I'm sure there was that must have been a big ROTC program. 
Yeah, it was. Um, and to be honest, I think what what came out of that was uh, I got to see a lot of people in my community uh, who came from low income, um, not privileged backgrounds, uh, be part of this program and the, what the program was doing to uh, give them a, a hope and a future, give them skills and talent. And then honestly, a lot of a lot of times they would take the, they would inspire these kids to go off and make a better life for themselves by joining the army. And that was really inspirational to me. I didn't have that background. I, you know, I obviously um, grew up in the military. And so um, we had stability um, and I, and we didn't have to, you know, worry about um, some of the, the community issues that were, that surround oh, yeah. the post. That's a thing there. for sure. Right. And so, and so um, I, I just, it opened my eyes to um, what the military can do um, for people who don't necessarily have opportunity uh, or um, based off of their their background their culture or whatever wherever they come from it's it it's a place where you can you can go and get your feet underneath of you and and I and I was interested in that I saw it as not as a not as a charity but as an opportunity you know what I'm saying so oh, like that's, that's so RTC was the beginning of me understanding that the military was like about opportunity and like you can make it whatever you want it to be Did you realize in high school that you actually wanted to like set records or were you just like, I'm just going to kind of go with the motions? Uh, good, good question. So I think, um, I, uh, again, probably pulling out more of my personality than I like there's shadow sides to everything, right? Like, yeah, so being completely disciplined and like very responsible, which is me. I'm like lens to getting shit done and accomplished, but there's some shadow sides to it, right? It's not necessarily like the best um, recipe for playing nice with others or like you're going to, you probably expect people are like, oh, that girl's kind of bossy or whatever, but I know what I want and I'm driven, right? But that started when I was a kid and lasted through those things. So in high school, I was driven by this principle, like for myself, it's like, um, I learned at home uh, from a book. It's it's a it's a silly like kind of poem or whatever. No, let's hear but it. That's said, the good stuff. But, but, but it says it says it's good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. So I drove myself always by like what like I need to be better. Like I, what can I do to to be better? And and when I was younger, I wanted that to mean perfect. The older I get, I realize obviously no one is perfect and nobody can. Oh be yeah, you know who regulates that? Life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Life regulates that. That I mean, but there's nothing wrong with having that mentality. It's perfect. It's, that's perfect to have that. Mm-hmm. Life yeah. knows it when you walk in with that. They're like, oh, this is that one person. This is that one. That sure. one piece. That one player. Yeah, that's right. You show, you show up ready, ready to work. Ready yeah, to yeah, and so yeah. What it did was it gave me it gave me a tenacity. It gave me a drive. Uh, and honestly, it gave me this other thing that I, I mean, I don't know if I have the right word for it right now, but like I absolutely don't take no for an answer, especially for myself. Like I'm not going to close a door uh, to myself. I'm going to go and I'm going to try that thing. And if if the door is closing, closed because of uh, uh, something like I legitimately can't attain or I didn't meet the standard or whatever it is. Uh, totally different, but I'm not going to be the reason why I don't go try um, or something. Oh, like sure. That. Well, there's a difference between getting the no when when we're in, 
and, and being shut out, just like you're saying. That, yeah. A lot of times there's situations in the environment that you want to be in that no is not the option because that wasn't the option you needed to go in. Yeah. Like you're, there's multiple. And it, that, 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 that no for an answer, like, all right, well, go back and rethink this. I always say, like, when if you're whipping someone's ass, you're teaching them a lesson. If you're getting your ass whipped, they're teaching you one. That's and that's right. how it works in our family and with our communities, man. It's just, and it's the, the, right. the coolest part about it is you can get into some of them, and the life is so great. I mean, from, from sunup to sundown, what you do and when you go to work, the food you eat, the community that you live in, where you live, like people do not want to leave that. They don't even talk about it. Matter of fact, they don't let you talk about it while you're there because it's some of the coolest places that you can, you can imagine. I didn't know any of that. They don't, we don't ever talk about Like our commercials that we got uh, recruited on and the TV shows, they talk about a lot of the stuff, the overview, man, but there's a lot of that, especially with the academies, when you start like that, like she did. So speaking of, when you were in high school, did you know that your next step was West Point or did you, or did you know that that's what you wanted to strive for or did you consider going to other state colleges or other private universities? Yeah, I, um, I was a soccer player. Um, I wanted my life to, to, to be that. And I got injured my junior year of high school. I had a uh, double knee surgery uh, and it was devastating to me um, because I was being recruited to go play at Texas A&M. And that was like my dream. My dog, my 14 year old baby dog's name is Aggie. Really? Um, so oh. Always be an Aggie at heart. Um, and uh, that's what I wanted to go do. But but the but my injury um, told showed me that there is um, that soccer might not be the thing that I will get to keep for the rest of my life. And then, so then what else is there? And, um, and so I had to kind of pay attention to the other things that I was good at uh, and that I cared about. And because I was in JRTC and I took that seriously, um, I, I, I gave myself uh, a window into a, a different, another world and the, the leadership um, responsibilities that I had uh, going through that. And then the, the physical challenges that came from that, the relationship and community building that came from that all made me kind of interested in joining the military for myself. So I applied to both the Air Force Academy uh, and to West Point. Uh, the Air Force Academy was smart and they offered me the five-year option of going to the prep school beforehand. And I was like, who in the hell wants to go to school for five years? Right. So uh, I was a direct admin into West Point. Did and you go out honest, there to see that campus? I, I, I eventually got stationed in Colorado. No, I've, Colorado no, 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 no. But I've did you go see the, the campus beforehand? Because I didn't know no. that it was where it was at. Yes. Yeah. When, when you hear academies and when you hear that word, eventually it's, it's like the second step from prison is what, you, what most people think. When I was in high school, that's what I thought. I'm like, no. it's like being in the military for like, it's in those walls and the gray and all that stuff like that. But oh. let me tell you something. The Air Force has it right. And I tell yeah. every person I run into, they're like, hey, I want to be a sealer. I want to be a ranger. I'm like, join the Air Force. And they think I'm joking <laughs> about that. And I'm, I'm freaking not. I mean, they, nope. they take care of their people. It's the funniest thing. Look, when we walk in, when rangers and seals walk in somewhere, man, and there's an Air Force base, you, you can't believe the difference. It's like coming back home. It's like going to the mall or something out in the middle of the desert. It's the weirdest thing you've ever seen in your entire life. I thought it was a mirage the first time I saw one of them. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's great. All right, go ahead. Sorry. So, but so maybe even though what you're talking about is like, so I did end up going and visiting West Point. So I, I had accepted um, to go to West Point on the four-year option instead of the five-year option. And um, I went and visited uh, the academy. I'd never been up to New York before, and I'd never been to West Point before I went to school. And uh, walking onto that campus, it's really actually driving on with my mom. Um, I just had like an, an overwhelming sense of like calm. Um, and I was just... 
I was so blown away by the history and and you've already mentioned the views and everything else. It's like, wow, this is a really special place. It is. Um, And I I have, I have to go here. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be here. So that was, so that was a good, like, probably for the first time in my life, uh, cause I'm a crazy planner and, and I'm always, you know, trying to figure out like the next move. That was probably the first time in my life that I felt like, no, this is the answer. Like I need to do this. Um, so that was, that was important. That's, That's a good really way to important. say that though. Cause um, you, there is a secure feeling when you pull up there. Yeah. I, I felt that too. Like, man, I feel safe around here. Did you ever stay in restriction? What's it called? What do y'all do when y'all get out in the quad and have to march in your uniform? Did you ever have mm-hmm. that happen to you? Walking hours. Thank you. Yes, I know you yeah. did that if you're a ranger and an Apache pilot. And some and some people call yeah, and some people call it tours. Tours, yeah, right? Walking, yeah, yeah, tour of duty. Yeah. Walking, walking the yard, and yes, yes, I have walked hours. That's awesome. What do you well, what do you, you have to do that for? Uh, infractions. Doing of something any other kind. than the rules, right? Yeah, <laughs> break, <laughs> breaking the rules. <laughs> it's basically like, hey, if you're gonna not take our rules seriously, we're going to waste your time. So you walk back and it's literally hours walking back and forth. Like in a courtyard in your, in your uniform, court. right? With your rifle, just with your rifle and a really uncomfortable uniform in the middle of the area. So the dress one, the dress, you guys dress, have to dress up for that with your hat. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes the during hat. the holidays, don't they make y'all march during the holidays? Or if you really hook it up, like in the Naval oh, Academy, yeah. they get the, the anchor man, they get the black anchor if they screw up real bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about the air force academy they keep that stuff top secret but some that's of my, right you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but my buddies from the uh the, the especially the seals you know they they tell they they were you knew those were the guys that were messing up all the time mm-hmm. they all wind up in the same spot yeah I, and, and i think they know the headshed knows that when we're coming through they're like all right we know what's happening with these girls and guys man they're they're oh they belong over here <laughs> that's cool all right so when you did you go in wanting to be a rotary wing or a fixed wing or did you just have, just want to go to college there and then find out why you're in there? Well, so I, so I definitely went, um, uh, so I definitely did not go because of my, uh, intellectual prowess. I went on my leadership and physical fitness, uh, abilities. Uh, not that I, am uh, I didn't meet the requirements educationally, but. Oh, they teach uh, that there. Not, that was not my strong suit. So, yeah, yeah. so, but I went like really gung ho. I was like, man, I really want, I wanted to be in some sort of like service industry. So I thought I was going to go and try to do the medical thing uh, and go to medical school. I got there and met my classmates and I was like, oh yeah, there's actually geniuses that got into oh, this. Hey man, they're amazing <laughs> nerds that go there. I mean, we yes, have every type that show up there. That's right. And we need them. Yeah, and we need I'm them. so we glad need they them. showed up. But they gave me a reality check. That is not me. Yeah, yeah. So. That's not my lane either. Right. I get that. No, we have them. I mean, they're, when you know when you walk into their room, they're like, yes. you know, obviously I was the jock. I have to be outside with the SEALs and everybody else. You guys right. do. It. And they're so badasses like, in their field. They really are. Exactly. So I call them. Those were the 10-pound brain. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. They're they're doing this stuff over here, and I was That's like, right. yeah, I can. I have some different skills. I'm just gonna. I'll, you can. I'll be outside. Ten pound brain. Know? Is that what y'all call it? It's eight pounds in the navy. We're lighter. <laughs> <laughs> eight pounds. That's hilarious. All right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah go so ahead. I went. I so yeah. So I went thinking that I was gonna go um, do, into the medical field, um, and then I kind of not had an identity crisis, but really like the whole time trying to figure out what it was gonna be uh, that I was gonna do. Yes, yeah, so you can do that. Because... That's what people don't understand. Is like when you go into the academy, then you can pick what you want. Like if you want to be a doctor, man, and you're you're having trouble with all just and you don't have a plan, but it's all there. Mm-hmm. That's the cool. I didn't know that. 
I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that that, that that was like that. Well, it's there to mold you. Yeah, it's correct. There when, to when you're like, hey, man, none of us had that leadership. Or we were athletes, and yeah. whatever reason we could get in there, all you have to do is have the, that that part. I think they look for that too. Like, all right, there he's outside. She's outside. She's doing this. Get him in there, and we can teach the rest. Yeah, absolutely. So they they have whatever formula they have. They've been doing it long enough that you know they get and and, and just like anything, like there's good there's good ones and there's not so great ones and yeah. like because it, it's a it's a people it's a human organization, right? Like there's that is that is what it is. So, but I took really seriously the fact that um, when I was coming out of there, like yes, the education I was so grateful for um, and the ability to do all the different sports and different things, which hopefully I'll get a, uh, you know, a second to talk about that in a minute. But, um, but I knew that when I graduated, I was going to be an army officer. So no matter what I studied or sports, I sport, I played my job, my profession was going to be immediate and I was going to be required to be in charge of people. And so I took that really seriously. And so my focus, my four years that were there is like what, anything that I needed to do to make myself good, better, best, right? Like I, I needed to be the best army officer. Um, and that's, I owned that. Um, and I internalized oh, they, that. They, they teach that. Hard. I, one of my good buddies is a West Point graduate. He will text me randomly. He's like, Hey, I'm 4,972 miles from the go army beat Navy bleachers. I mean, <laughs> just randomly <laughs> when, when you get in there, wherever you come and I've heard people when they show up to the academies, they're like, man, I didn't know what in it. And one of my buddies in my, in one of my last platoons was a soccer player at the academy. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, hey, man, would you, did you go to the academy to be a SEAL That officer? guy was such, he is such an <laughs> overachiever. Yeah, the guy he's talking about went to West Point, was a ranger, then went into the SEAL teams, and now wow. he's in the FBI. So I'm like, can you... Can you mark I don't off really like hanging out else? with him because he's one of those. You know, you know how we have him, right? There's we have guys. That, this one I ran. He's a no. He's awesome. We love. Yeah, him. Yeah, that's the problem. And, we and they're great guys. Wife. Like he's his he's breath always such... smells good. He's got like this perfect smile. He's such a great Clothes guy. Clothes are always creased. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like what a but loser. But he is such an overachiever. <laughs> oh, man, like yeah, I, whatever his parents did or grandparents did, whatever God like put on when when you when one of them show up. <laughs> You know, it's like we we have them. Yeah, it's, it's funny when <laughs> they exist, dude. It's crazy. Okay, so you're we're talking about you at West Point. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing that happened um, at West Point was, you know, a, another critical decision. So my first, you know, in my, in my childhood, deciding I wanted to play soccer instead of doing gymnastics, and that being, you know, a catalyst for doing things, uh, you know, co-ed sport and and pushing myself to be better, um, was my decision to not play soccer at West Point, um, which was kind of a big deal. Like I, and I ended up not pursuing it because of the environment there. It wasn't, I don't think conducive for the, um, long-term, uh, goals that I had, uh, just the, the team dynamic and, and everything else. And so, but it gave me and at the, at the time I was like, that was a really difficult decision. And, and it was honestly like super emotional because it was like my whole life. Oh, yeah, sure. I had done. And, uh, but, but what it did do was open up, uh, opportunities to do other things. I was scrawny when I got to West Point, I was 95, you know, maybe 105 pounds, you know, super skinny. Um, I like struggled to, uh, max out the run and I couldn't, I like, I had to really like work on doing uh, a meeting, like the sit up requirement because I was just so little, I didn't have core strength or, or whatever. I was just fast. I was a fast soccer player. Like that's, you know, and, and I had like that endurance. So anyway, so I was like, okay. I need to do some things to be 
bigger, better, faster, stronger. Uh, and so I, I, uh, I had a team leader, um, who his room, his roommate was on our triathlon club team. And he's just like, Hey, you're going, you're going with my roommate to yeah. practice today. Cause you have to pick a sport. Uh, and I had not, uh, ever done, I'd never really swam competitively or anything like that. I'd swam a little bit like as a kid growing up, but I was like, I was like, what, that sounds ridiculous. And I don't have a bike here. I'm like, none of this makes sense. But I ended up falling in love with the endurance sport um, and becoming, uh, you know, a, a triathlon enthusiast uh, and still do that today. But so that opened a door, though, for endurance training um, that really shaped um, my capabilities and ability uh, to do things, other things down the road. And then I also took on uh, a couple other club sports along my four years. So you're on the triathlete, t- uh, the team at West Point? Yeah. Yep. That's our cool. triathlon oh, yeah. team there, awesome. our rock yeah. climbing team. And then we had a strength and conditioning club, um, that was really, um, phenomenal for me to then get like that strong base, um, and of strength and, and lifting and conditioning that, um, I kind of started in soccer cause we did some of that training, but not, you know, not to the extent, um, that I need to grow. So I grew, I got bigger, I got faster, I got stronger. And I was doing all these developmental things that I needed to physically to go into the roles that I was going to do, but I, I didn't do them intentionally. Like I didn't put them all together in a way that I knew that was going to work out some, you know, cocktail. It just worked. It's like that timeline, that progression. It's one one phase after the other. You can't see the ones down the road. You, you don't even have some of them. You don't even know what they exist. Yeah, you have to go through these other ones just to get there. Yeah, that's for right. Sure. For sure. What got you on the Apache thing? The Apache. So my my dad. My dad flew Apaches. I loved. Um, I, when I was trying to make the decision of branches, um, I we have to rack and stack all of them. So. Um, <laughs> It's behoove of you to put at the top what you want and the bottom what you really, really, really don't want because at school it's a numbers game and it's it's based off your OML, your grades that come from your physical fitness grades, your leadership grades, but then obviously your academic grades. So I really shot my shot by putting you know aviation at the top and that's what I wanted. And then I don't remember exactly the order of things below, but it was like MPs maybe um, and mil- um, military intelligence um, uh, thrown up in there. But my thought process was um, not necessarily that I wanted to go into the infantry, but I when you're at West Point, like everything is about like the soldier because yeah. everyone's a soldier first yeah. and everyone's an infantryman first. And so everybody knows and does like those, those skills. And I was good at them and I liked them. And so I wanted to do something that continued to perpetuate that skill. But I, so I was like, probably the closest thing would be MPs, but I was like, eh, who wants to be a cop? Right. So I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those guys have so, a blast on base. <laughs> like, oh, you can't even imagine, man. Right. So, so then I'm like, okay, aviation. And then my dad, you know, like I've already mentioned this dad was like, don't, okay. If you're going to do aviation, then don't go the attack route. Um, and I really had to like, think about it. And I did. And I thought about this. I was like, okay, both, both options are good. Um, because being in an aviation unit, uh, aviators are cool. First of all, they, they do things, uh, first of all, you're an aviator. You're not allowed to say that. 
No, I'm not an aviator anymore. I'm an infantryman. Uh, so I can totally. Oh, whatever. Now, if you've got both those qualities, you can't shot. That's cool because yeah. they, are, they are cool. They are cool. I, I, They're they cool, are cool too. Yeah. And I'm coming from this position too. Like when I was making up my mind, like when I was thinking about like what my dad did, because you have to think about the time period. Um, when I was, when I graduated, it was 2012. When I was making this decision, it was about 2010 and 11. And my dad had done uh three, I think maybe he hadn't done his fourth tour in Iraq yet. But the point being that growing up in that environment um, and my watching my dad come back every single time from a combat zone with less uh, of the people that they went with and they came back with and they were doing incredible things in support of the ground troops. I was so blown away um, by the, the bravery, the courage, and like the tenacity of, of those people. And so what, like why I say both are great options, but being either an assault, uh, transport, you know, aviator or an attack aviator, the mission is one, you're not getting out of the helicopter to go. Oh yeah. Everyone knows that's the best job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you're not not getting, God, go ahead. I'm getting out of the aircraft to go fight back, but you're getting shot at and you can't do anything about it. So the people, so there's, so there, so that idea, uh, crossed my mind is like, well, if I'm going to be getting shot at and I can't be the guy that's getting out of the aircraft to go shoot them back in the face and to prevent, you know, them from continuing to kill my friends, then I want to at least be on the, on the aggressing side. Right. So I want to be the attacker instead of the, the, the assault. And so, Really, at I guess twenty years old, um, my my mentality was, you know, still in in that like, okay, like I'm aggressive. I'm a, you know, I think that you know that's the type of lifestyle that I would want to be a part of. So, so yeah, so I chose the attack community over the assault community for that very, you know, purpose. It's like, hey, I want to be able to not only defend myself and fight forward, but the people that are on the ground to continue to give them the maneuver space to actually do that. What was the hardest thing about going through the, the training for the Apache? Oh, the heart, the hardest thing, honestly. Um, yeah, I guess it would be uh, flying at night. Um, and then, uh, because there's two systems in an Apache, there is the IR systems. Uh, and then there's also like your, your, like a green, like nod stuff. So you're like, it's in your, and you're seeing things in two different eyes. Um, so it's very, uh, that was very challenging. Uh, your brain there's, your brain is doing quite a number like a gymnastics, trying to figure out what you're actually seeing and like, what's reality. The sexiest thing in the world is when y'all show up in the in, overhead, mm-hmm. like we would radio all in and I would go get eyes on. We were so yeah. close. I was like, Hey, I want to know, I want you to see yeah. this face when you yeah. hear my voice over that damn radio and I need some help. Come on with it. And when yeah. y'all would come on, and nothing lights up like those hellfire when y'all when those Apaches light up. There's yeah. nothing else that comes out of there that looks like a straight lightsaber. It's the coolest yeah. thing ever. Because yeah. we would be down there with those Islids and those Mipleys, man, just freaking radiating y'all in. And y'all would come. We had so much fun running. Oh, uh, yeah. The His cousin thing, that was an Apache uh, pilot, the, the girl I was telling you about in the beginning, yeah. she was able to cover for Marcus and Morgan in Iraq wow. as their cousin. Yeah, like my brother got to work with her. Yeah. Yeah. I, that Which is, is cool, man. one of the I, neatest stories. Like, I, always, I was like, man, I wish she was flying those Apaches that came in that day on the... In Red Wing. Yeah, yeah. But man, but we she worked was, with y'all all the time. Yeah, but in Iraq, they got to work together. I thought that was, that was so cool. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So you get it. So you get, you get yeah. why it would oh, be. Yeah, but we would always try to go steal those yeah. things from y'all all the time. I'm like, yeah, this is stuff we don't ever talk about. But at night when we were sitting around boards, like, hey, you want to go try to steal an Apache? <laughs> <laughs> they would have no I mean, idea we, what to do. We with would it. take everything on that base and drive it around. We could, never could fire those Apaches up, man. I, they probably would have got pissed. Anyways, go ahead. That's awesome. I I admire you a lot for taking that route and for just having that mindset of of being brave enough to go into a zone like that. Um, and usually, the girl uh, side is to just want to save people. But for mm-hmm. you to actually want to go and help fight um, just shows your uh, drive even more. So I think that's awesome. Let's talk, if you don't mind, talk about because when you get into one of those units flying an Apache, all the money that they that they put into to us to to, to to do that, and then you cross over to the other side. Was that a talk about that a little? Yeah. Bit. What was that uh, decision like to want to go Ranger after that? Yeah, well, it was it was a tough decision to choose to go uh, infantry for sure, um, for for a lot of the reasons you can probably suspect, um, but also probably for some that you don't really think about as being like 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 the comfortability. So I grew up around aviation. Uh, that's what you know. Obviously, that's what my dad did, and that's what um, I was doing for four years in the army when I had the chance or the opportunity to go to Ranger School. Um, but going to ranger school ignited in me and reminded me of a type, a different type of leadership and camaraderie, uh, that I hadn't felt as much, um, since I had been at West Point, um, in, in dealing with like the human dynamics of what leadership is. I, uh, aviation isn't, isn't void of leadership, but the focus is on the machine, uh, keeping the aircraft running, uh, the maintenance and the, you know, the, the sustainment of the, of the aircraft is, is the primary thing as it, as it needs to be, um, not at the expense of people, but definitely, um, there it's not, it's not, it's not the, it's not the mission. So going to ranger school, um, reminded me that the mission um, at the end of the day really is about the people that are on the left and right of you. Um, and when we go and do oh, things. Oh, that's what you learn there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when we go, when we go and do things uh, that are hard uh, and stretch us beyond our limits and capabilities, um, that it is, it is often hard to remember why you're there. Uh, and in an environment uh, where you are constantly with other humans, it's, it's easier to rem- to remember because you have relationships with and you are tied to that you're not there. You're not there uh, for anything other than, you know, the people on the left and around of you. And it's not about you at all. So if I'm sucking today, like tough shit, like it doesn't matter. Like these people deserve for oh, me. Oh, yeah. To there's no me. stupid in there. There's no stupid things in there. When we're going through yeah. that, all that crap goes out the door. You don't right. think about nothing else. I mean, yep. freaking. All right, so I want to know how did this work out? Did when that when that came down? Obviously, timing—that's a universal thing, right? Certain yeah. Time, certain place. But I mean, so have you seen GI Jane where they're looking for the top female athletes in the army? I mean, they're combing through here trying to find y'all because yeah. it's a big deal. For those of y'all that don't know, and I'm a, I'm a Navy, I'm a bastard to the army, but I'm I'm I am a SEAL. You see that Ranger tab walking down the road? Like they walk across that. Everyone notices that. Everyone sees that triple. So you got a guy who's triple tabbed up, man. You see that arm, like army guys. They got a BDU resume. They wear everything. They got a patch for every damn thing you can't even imagine, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it took me forever to learn all that, and I still haven't figured it out. But that's a big deal. Like that beret when you see in the army, you see them berets. That means something. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, and when I say mean something, I mean carved in blood, and people have died for it. So they take that crap. I mean, it's not crap. They take that. Yeah. Try not to cuss. They take it seriously. <laughs> take, they take yeah. that serious. All right. When I'm serious, yeah. I use a lot of profanity. But I, I'm so the fact that you got that you're rolling into that. So, but how did that work? Did That's what they I want to know. Yeah. Like, there's an opening. They're opening this up to females because that had never been done before. So yeah, there- so um, it was about 2012-ish, uh, right when I was graduating from West Point, that uh, General Ray Odierno, who was the chief of staff of the Army at the time, uh, announced that uh, they were going to be opening combat arms branches um, in the Army to women. They didn't know how they were going to do it. It was going to be a phase approach, whatever, Like, but it was going to happen, period. So it was basically like just a... It was a statement. So everybody needed to get ready and get themselves ready and get get the right, you know, um, and, and, and lo and behold, and unbeknownst to a lot of people, like those decisions were being made because there was already women out in the Iraqs and Afghanistans doing the things oh, yeah. that people were worried, you know, yeah, were we worried about women not being able to do. Yeah, yeah we already got, we, we, we've had them. Yeah. They're badasses. Yeah. The yeah. American people didn't know about it. They're awesome. Yeah. And people just, and people just didn't know, but, but the people who needed to know to make the changes, like they, they got to see and experience that. And because, because, um, crisis provides opportunity, right? So we were, we were in it, we were in war, we were doing hard things, we required people and it didn't matter whether it was a man or woman to be going and doing those things. So so again, you did mention timing, but that matters for so many reasons um, that, uh, that, 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 that was the timing, the environment that I came into. Um, So about uh, 2013 timeframe, they started uh, putting out th- actually it was around 2014 uh, time frame. They started putting out these uh, all army messages um, from HQDA, the headquarters of the Department of the Army, saying how they were going to um, to do this. They started out with field artillery uh, and then kind of holding out was infantry and armor branches um, because they're trying to get it right uh, and figure it out. So uh, I, I think, to be honest, and I don't know this, there's no, I don't have like a, an insight into this, but. Ranger school opening up and allowing women to go through that was a was a uh, an opportunity for them to essentially do like a checker at trial. Like, can women meet the standard um, and we're going to allow them to go through this? The first message that came out uh, was pretty hilarious. It was like, we're going to allow women to go through this, um, but they're not, you know, if they pass, um, they wouldn't be allowed to wear the tab because you wouldn't meet the, the, the qualifications of being. Uh, it's a it's still male exclusive right and all these things are just we just want to basically it was a we just want to see if they can do it thing and then the messages after that were like okay well that's kind of silly so we're going to instead we're going to send some women ahead we're going to go train them and stuff so that there's women present where the first group go through and it was really convoluted it was like they were making it way harder than they needed to um so once that kind of, okay, it's happening, here's a time frame now, April 2015 is when women are going to be permitted into the first class of um, integrated ranger school. Okay, so that was going to be my well, question. When you're, yeah. when you're talking about, there's a, when they, what's the best way to ask this? So when they came up with the idea, they were like, hey, we're just going to put a, a group of women through the program, not with the men, just through the program. Is that how? It came down the first time and then next, like, hey, that's how it was, gonna- that was how it was communicated. That's how it was communicated. Uh, okay. And then, um, and then but they got they, rid of that. They, they squashed that pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Because just as we're saying it now, it sounds ridiculous. Right. Um, so I, I, what I don't know is all the other behind the scenes stuff that happened, right. All the training though, the, there were, uh, female, 
um, service members that were present uh, throughout the course that were observers. So I don't know what the observers had to do to train um, to to be present while we were there. Um, And uh, they they weren't graders. They weren't like lane walkers and they hadn't gone through ranger school yet. So they had a different thing that they were doing, a different function, um, like maybe a safety precaution or or a measure. You know what I'm saying? So, But awesome (laughs) that they were there. Who knows? Basically, then the army was like, okay. We need you then to send like, uh, well, actually it was, it was a, Hey, like basically let your chain of command know if you're interested in doing this. And there was no like reporting chain. There was no real like uh, structure to this. So that came out army wide. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to just get it. It came out army wide. It was like one of these email. It's one of these like emails that you get, like that's literally a mass produced email to everyone's inbox. Like, Hey, if you're a woman and you're interested in going to a ranger school, let somebody know. And you're like, well, who the heck do I, you know, tell? Yeah. And I remember seeing that, honestly, and, and me, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. Like, good luck to those girls. Like, that sounds pretty neat, you know, um, because I was in my aviation world. I was actually getting ready to go do gunnery, my first gunnery as an attack pilot uh, with my unit. Like, I'm I'm the platoon leader. We're going out, you know, I'm doing my individual range training and then we're doing, you know, our group training. So, like, I was focused on something else um, in my job. And, uh, and so I didn't really pay, you know, too much attention to it until, um, because of the Alaract, each division started to come up with their method for how they were going to get, they're going to recruit and find like their, their most qualified women so that they could send them and, and figure out who was interested. I was at fourth ID at the time. So I was at Fort Carson, Colorado, um, and my division, um, did, you know, that put out their, um, information and was asking basically chains of command to, to send people's names in for, to start doing like this, um, assessment. Uh, essentially. And the assessment was uh, basically rap week. So push-ups, sit-ups, the the two mi- the five-mile run, excuse me, and then uh, like this chin-ups and then a yeah. ruck march and some uh, land nav and whatever else. But, but basically they wanted to make an OML based off of that. So a bunch of women at posts all over the country uh, show up to their division's version of this OML builder of like find all the craziest, you know, women out there who want to go do this thing. Um, and, uh, and then they had another vetting method that every, so then each post came up with their women, uh, on an OML list. And then they all had to go to, um, the, uh, the national guards trainer training center. That's actually at Fort Benning. Oh, they sent y'all um, to one, they, all, all at the same time. Uh, they gave us three different classes because okay, uh, they expected that there would be a, a lot more women that went through. Uh, I don't know the total number, but it was somewhere in the hundreds um, that ended up going through that, going through um, the RTAC is what it's called, the Ranger Training Assessment uh, Center. So the National Guard runs that at Fort Benning. Um, and that was January, February and March. Fort Benning. God, it's a great place. Fort Benning, Georgia. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I had... I ended up making friends uh, with girls um, uh, that had gone through the January and the February class. And I was the only one. I, I was going to ask, were you one. summer or winter? Uh, January, February, for ranger March. school, all through the summer. Summer, right? Um, yeah, I, I will say I had the coldest experience of my life, which I'm glad at least I did because I, I can hold on to this and be like, okay, I, I, you know, you can do worse. Uh, but was during Artac uh, in, in the, in the month of, um, in the month of uh, February. And uh February, I was the only girl. I was the only woman uh, that went through RTAC uh, for that class, and uh, it so was. So how does that work? You just, you're just the only girl. 
Well, I was only I was the only one that pa- I was the only one that passed in that class. So of the three we- three months, um, January, February, and March, they're they're I hand they're I don't know the numbers, but they're a hundred. But of those yeah, yeah. three months, only nineteen women passed. Yeah. Um, there were several in January. I was the only one in February, and then there were several in March who had were people who had failed um, previously and went back. So across the army, there were only nineteen women total. Um, that we're going to be uh, permitted to start in the first integrated uh, gender integrated uh, ranger school class in uh, April of 2015. Wow. And those were the girls that I started ranger school with. That's awesome. So what's that mm. like showing up first day? Yeah. What was first day like of actual first, ranger girl, school? Girl, you know you're scared. You're scared. I was, I'm scared for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's first day ranger school. First day of so ranger here, school here's a weird it sucks, thing. man. So, ranger school sucks. Yeah. They send our guys uh, there for punishment. <laughs> like they send SEAL officers there to get punished. That's a that's a thing. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. We don't talk about it out loud, but it's a real it's a real thing. Yeah, I can see that absolutely. And uh, yeah, day one, uh, it's kind of it's kind of surreal because it's like the calm before the storm. No one's really like yelling at you or anything, but you know it's coming like very soon. Um, you're bald, so there was that. The night before, I I had to shave my that? head. Did you do that by yourself, or did you? Well, that's because that's a thing. We have a party for that. Like we actually phase up, yeah. yeah, party for it. We did, yeah, we we did. We had um, I myself and Kristen actually, uh, the girl that I ended up graduating with, went to the same barber because we were like, we don't know how, like, what do we do? Let's just go get it, uh, it right outside the Fort Benning gate. That's uh, how you do it. We, we got our hair, <laughs> our head shaved, but but this not doesn't probably seem like that big of a deal. But the women were still only allowed to shave our head to only like a quarter of an inch. So like guys could like fig it. So they were like bald, bald, uh, shaved down to the skin. But we could only shave it because they they they're like, for whatever reason, they were still worried. They were like, that's an extreme haircut. And I'm like, it's already extreme that I had hair and now I'm bald. So now now this looks weird. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like I get I don't get the difference of being all the way bald or mostly bald. But regardless, I don't talk. Yeah, I don't do our laundry outside, man. I'll talk about. But there are some things that we come down the pipe. We're like, man, well, how? Where'd that? How do you do? What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, shave your damn head. I mean, shave that frick. Shave it. (laughs) So what you wouldn't think is that in a sea of bald heads. A quarter of an inch of hair sticks Stand, out stands like a sore thumb. Yeah, sure does. So, so even though we tried our hardest to go in blending in by doing, you know, all the right things, you're still yeah. noticeable, you know, just by that one yeah, thing. Yeah, sure. So that's that, so somebody that can spot a, you. I bet that's so those yeah, the people watching. Yeah, I would think the, that yeah, that would be something, something on, on, purpose yeah, on purpose that the instructors or whoever said, that like, just to <sighs> make you feel that a, a half an inch more uncomfortable, you know, because. Which You're is with brilliant. All the guys, because that's how they do it. For those of y'all who are wondering how you how, yeah. how things get you, it's that kind of stuff. Like yeah. you, it, yeah. and you only that you'll be in some other situations and wouldn't even make a big deal, man. But when they're piling that stuff on you, and then it's like, oh, oh by the way, your hair's too short, but it's too long, kind of deal. Yeah. And you've got to offset it. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and all the that guys age, you don't are looking really... at you like, why do you have yeah. an itty bitty amount of hair? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is your first day of Rangers or school, and your haircut's not even right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're out and, of regs. And that start, it started that the unfortunate piece is that already started off like a, well, why didn't you, you know, from the guys who are our classmates, well, why didn't you have to shave your head? Sure. That's you what know? I'm talking about. There's, yeah. there's animosity right there. I mean, yeah. if you want to talk like, about. Because I'm following the rules. Why am I different? I don't know. The point is not supposed to be having any, like literally it's supposed to be the same, 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 same. Yeah. Uniform. So, so, so I had to do day one, three times. 
So I'll just, I'm going to put that out there to say there's, there's a relentlessness to this. On my third day one, I bicked it. I was done. Yeah, I was course, done following the rules and yeah. that way. And I was like, there's got to be one stand. There's got to be one way. I'm tired of sticking out. You, They already know me. The instructors already know me, but my classmates and my peers need to know, like I'm here, I'm showing up at hundred percent. I'm doing exactly what See, you're that's doing. that GI Jane shit right there, man. See yeah. that? <laughs> She's in that boiler room doing some sit-ups and push-ups. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to watch that tonight. So <laughs> yeah, how did that, good. what was your third, first day You need a like? sponsorship from that, what's that, that, that head blade thing that you, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Did my Kristen do that too? Day, did that did like? Kristen do that with you? Oh, oh shaver heads? Yeah. yeah yes. Cool. Yeah, we were, uh, there were, there were three of us on that third last day. How are they doing, by the way? Are they go. Uh, They're great. That's, first days in anything are terrifying, especially programs like this. I mean, yeah. the guys are scared. Yeah, I, I remember going into Bud's first. I was, I was, I was terrified. <laughs> I don't mean scared. I was terrified. Yeah. First thing that rolled out on me was one of the instructors yoked out of his mind. I mean, this dude looked like something off of a, an IBF professional bodybuilding stage. He was running barefoot in a Speedo and had a Rottweiler that didn't have a leash. Well, ran right past me, dude. That was my first instructor experience, and I was, <laughs> I was scared anyways. Because like, you don't know what to expect. No. Yeah, so that's... So the difference between day one, the first time and day one, the third time significant, but still important because there's, because there's uh, jitters or whatever, for all the right reasons. Um, and, and I think that the, my first, it's just, you ha I had to find my calm. I had to figure yeah. out like what was going to keep me, like, keep me focused How do you do that? Um, on, on the ta task at hand. Yeah. I, and I, and I went in with a couple of like tactics and methods that I knew that I was going to use. And the one that I used on day one, every time, uh, was visualizing success. I know that sounds like super simple. Um, but I knew that the next morning, so day two, essentially the first real day that you're at ranger school is the ranger assessment. And there it's, it's a known test. You, there's no surprise. You do, you know, exactly what it is that you're about to come. And somehow it is the most, uh, anxiety producing, stressful and hardest physical fitness event that you can do in a day because of the, because of the environment that you end up going into. So the night before I legitimately like would, would visualize and like, and, and say, and count to myself and like watching myself, uh, like essentially doing all of the phase is like to perfection. So if it was 59 pushups that I needed to do or 49 pushups that I needed to do, I would literally with my eyes closed, watch myself and count myself doing 49. Perfect. That's the best way to do it. That visualization that makes us do it three times. Yep. Like if you, if you walk in there and have, haven't thought about it or anything like that. Yep. Same way with athletes. I mean, Hey, run that play in your head three times, at yep. least three times before you go yep. in there to do it. That way yep. everything's in sync or at least you're, yep. you're on, on track. You get that mind and body going. Yeah, man, that's a real thing. Yeah. So I did. I did. I I used every when I couldn't do something physical to train. I was training my mind constantly, and that was the entire time that I was there, from April of 2015 to August of 2015. Every day, every night before I would take on a mission, there was a there was a a thoughtfulness, a mindfulness that was a part of everything that I did, and it was exhausting. There's there's an exhausting aspect to phys like physically like doing that, but also like mentally like exhausting. You're put. You're not eating, you're not sleeping. Um, so you're already kind of at a deficit, but then to also stay focused and disciplined through that, like it, it, it's uh, sure. it's imperative. But like I, I, what I found, like that's what I needed. I had to do it that way in order to pass. That's awesome. I mean, the first time in there too. I mean, did this, okay, because we're all there to earn each other's respect. 
I mean, they put you in those ass kicking situations and you, you can't look cool doing it the first time you go. And that's what people overlook. I mean, it, <laughs> we do not look cool in the beginning at no. all, man. I mean, it's almost like they embarrass you in front of your entire class just to get that over with. Yeah. I mean, we, we get past all that stupid stuff real like first few days. Yeah, I mean, you get over all them jitters and all that crap, then that's when you get to work. But, I mean, you got the added advantage. You're, this is the first time in there. That in itself is mm-hmm. a stressor. On top yeah, of that program, which, which kills people. So going into the Ranger School, was there only the three females that went in and all three graduated? No. Uh, so we started with 19. Oh, you did start uh, with 19. At our first day one. Okay. Second day one, there were eight of us. And then third day one, there were three of us. That's the best attrition rate I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good. Cut in half the first day. Yeah. Half. And then all three of you <laughs> made it. Eventually. Did y'all know each yeah. other? Uh, so, not are they all, West, all yep. West Point? We're pretty close now. Yep, all West Pointers. Uh, Kristen and I graduated together. Um, and then uh, Lisa... Jaster, um, she ended up graduating several mo- or yeah, several months behind us. She she got she she got the extra training. She got yeah. to do mountain yeah, yeah benefit added benefits. Sure, I was on that program. <laughs> yeah. I got those. I was there. I've been there. <laughs> Full benefits. Yeah. So uh, of the first group of us of nineteen, you know, of those nineteen, two, three, you know, three. eventually or three, eventually yeah, three. Excuse me, three minutes. But you want to know something that's even more impressive? There are women from that 19 who have gone back since years later and have gotten their tabs. Those are my heroes. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, those nice. are my Yeah. So we mentioned at the beginning that, you know, the graduation uh, for us at the, you know, being the first was the 21st of August, 2015. Uh, we just had our seven, you know, year yeah, anniversary apparently. And at that seven year mark, there's now 113 women. I was gonna say, How's that feel? Oh, oh you see, you're the God, really? you're the godmother. Awesome. Y'all got, hey, the so, three of y'all, hey, what do they call y'all? I, I know they call y'all something, and you don't have to tell me, but the I'm three sure of y'all, a- the three godmothers or whatever it is, <laughs> I know that y'all have I'm sure that. It's inappropriate. You probably have your own color beret, don't you? You three, the three of y'all, that's cool, man. If there's <laughs> how many, 100 now? Wait till that gets huge. I mean, the fact that you were the, the beginning of that. Oh my gosh, Marcus is going to come up with some special. Hey, I got, I got you back on this. This is what I do. <laughs> This is, my, this is what, this is what I do, read, man. Have you, have you ever read the uh, Stephen Pressfield's book, uh, The Last of the Amazons? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, we have, we have to read Gates of Fire, and I have a lot of his books here. Yeah, they're Great awesome. Yeah, but they're awesome. so Last of the Amazons, like, gets me fired up about, you know, in, like, just inspiring women in general. That there is, you know, warrior culture is a thing, like, that we could probably, like, we could all, like, get really excited about and talk about it, you know, on a completely different podcast tangent. Like, so just the warrior culture in general, but the, but the inspiration for women to, to have like this warrior esque culture is, is really, it's not unique. It's, but it's really interesting. But, but to your point, what you said, what you said is, um, you know, what would they, what would they call us? I mean, the, at the end of the book, like when you figure out like why mother bones is called mother bones, oh, yeah. like that's sure. That Wonder Woman poster you got in the background says a lot too. I mean, that's that's yeah. you know, all of that comes into play. Inspiration. I, I know with our community and the way it works, we use that stuff for inspiration, and yeah. we also use it to identify people in our community. You can that's say right. one word about, and that could be a call sign, a character from something, and you know exactly who they're talking about. Not only yeah. that, the reputation that comes with it. It survives in our community and has since the very beginning in the, in the military, especially with the American military. Uh, the pass down. I mean, yeah. you're part of a line now. 
and and we don't we don't mess around with that. And a lot of people, every every other community in this country says when they don't mess around, they mess around. Yeah, we're the only ones that don't. When we say that, we're serious about it. And we'll take it all the way to the to the ground, to the grave, and that's, that's proven. Right. So that's that's why I get like that, man. That's good stuff. I I, I dork out over it, but I because I, I know, it. yeah, I know. <laughs> that's so funny. Go, all right. Well, Marcus is gonna like think all night long about what your perfect nickname I'll call nickname you. I'll, like, hey, or I'll text be. you. I'll say, hey, I got a good one. <laughs> and every time I run into some rangers, I'm gonna start passing because I do all the time. Yeah, I'm gonna start passing it around. I'm gonna just start talking to y'all about y'all with the nicknames, and I'll be here. Yeah, it's cool. That's funny. Yeah, so what after that? After y'all graduated, and there was like instant fame for y'all. I mean, I remember watching it on TV. Um, yeah, I hear everybody talking about it. Yeah, when y'all graduated, what was that like? Yeah. Um, so I would probably interpret it as instant infamy instead of like being famous because there's a lot of turmoil, I think, that came from it. That's probably not uh, yeah, not what people want to talk about, but it's it's uh, it's real. So and people deal with it in all kinds of different ways. And in my uh, in my probably like me specifically, like I had like I, I have not been on social media and I do not have my own social media and I have not and I will not um, for all of the reasons that um, just staying out of, just staying out of that. I don't, I don't need to be a part of that. I don't need to retort. I don't need to know what's being said. Well, not I while gotta... you're in. Y'all are not, we're not allowed to do that anyways. I thought it's when you get out, what... it's like, Hey, we, that, that, that passed down from what we're doing now. That's, that's to give yeah. back and you'll, you'll understand that. But while you're in pe people get upset. I talk to seals sometimes too. They're like, well, I got on social media and I read something. Somebody said something bad about me. I'm like, you're kidding me, Ranger. Let me tell you something. <laughs> People talk bad about us every day. People want to kill yeah. us every day. That's the yeah. job. I mean, there's no one says anything good about us. That's because what we are. So, yeah. I mean, when guys and girls get, especially us, like the yeah. warrior class, because it's easy because you're supposed to assimilate. You got to be nice and articulate and be, you know, hey. But with, especially with our communities, the last 20 years of war and the pandemics and everything they put us through, man, it's just, it's just different with us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, uh, I guess I would say that following uh, Ranger School, it was just um, how do you keep your head down and keep working hard and keep, you know, keep doing doing the job um, without or I guess. Yeah, without the scrutiny. Without so are you back at the uh, are you back at with the Apache unit or did you say? Yeah. Okay, that's what yep. I thought. So yeah, you yeah, just go I go to Ranger I School. Left, get your I left Ranger right. School, went back to my unit uh, at Fort Carson, um, and in uh, just kind of in timeline, it was time for me to go to the Captain's Career Course. So I ended up going to the Maneuvers Captain Career Course at Fort Benning, Georgia, and that's primarily for the combat arms, so like infantry and uh, and armor. But it, but it is it's our it's the leading um, center of excellence, and so a lot of other people go, so aviators and and intelligence officers, and I was fortunate to be able to go, and and I went there as an aviator expecting fully that I would stay an aviator and it's a it was about uh 10 8 to 10 months long of a school and it took all of that time for me to decide that I was going to end up uh transferring into the infantry all right wow. so who's the first person that the have you run into a tab protector yet who's the first person that called you out for wearing that that didn't believe that you went through has it happened uh that, ha that doesn't believe okay so it's really hard for people to not believe that i went through because my picture is everywhere right well you'd be surprised i'm like jerk yeah. on the street <laughs> yes but yes i have encountered jerks um i've had i if you can imagine this i have had my tab ripped off my shoulder two times really what? yeah by another ranger uh yeah yep 
Yeah, and if you can and if you can imagine the amount of restraint and uh, and grace that it takes not to respond in sure. in the way of which you would probably respond if anyone touched you. Yeah, or baseball bat to the throat. I mean, people. come on now, some things protect. Oh my gosh! Oh, I, all I because I, I could I would think about it. My if walking down the street, if I just happen to look up, like I said, you see that when it comes past you because you you, ha, you automatically yeah. have to look up anyways. You're not supposed to walk with your head down, but a lot of us kind of when you're thinking or whatnot, and something when it starts coming in your, in your field of view, it, it identifies itself, especially whatever's on that arm on those sleeves. Yeah, and I can't imagine someone going. I mean, and knowing your story, knowing everything you went through, and how hard you fought to get it, someone disrespecting you like that. To, oh, it's a test. It's not, I mean, we do that. It's kind of a thing. That's yeah. it's a shitty one though. I've had I've, yeah. You can't believe it. I was thinking, if you had responded, you know, in the way that you wanted to in that situation, what could that have done for the reputation that you set, too? You know, being above reproach there really makes you stand out. Um, That's just incredible. Can you talk about the being inducted in the U.S. Army Women's Foundation Hall of Fame? What was that like? Yeah. Well, so there, there are a lot of really interesting um fantastic people that we, you know, had the opportunity to meet after, you know, graduating from Ranger School and and being a part of that induction ceremony specifically was um, pretty profound and being able to be surrounded by a lot of women who were historical uh, contributors to the reason why I even got the opportunity to go in the first place. Um, So, you know, these women who who are part of uh, that uh, memorial, like, like, stretched through the generations whoever could be there were present and that was just i mean emotion emotional is like not even the right word it's just like it was inspirational it was so inspirational to be you know in part of that environment um and then and then it also had like this flip side it's like I had an opportunity and I'm so grateful I had that opportunity, but like, I still have so much time to like screw this up. Right. I have so much, I have so much more left in my career that I need to be doing and and to be working towards. And there's just, there's so much more to do. Um, So, so it was, it was, it was inspiring to be around these women. It was impressive to be um, acknowledged for the accomplishment, but it was also a very humbling, humbling experience to know that like, I'm going to have to continue and and I choose to continue to walk in that responsibility and the weight of bearing this, this thing that I've earned for the duration of my life, you know, my career in the military, out of the military forever. There's, you know, there's, there's a very interesting heaviness to that. And like, you could let it weigh you down in a, in a negative way, or you can let it inspire you and and propel you forward in this sense of responsibility and ownership. And, and, and that's kind of the approach that, that I've taken because it it is, it's extremely humbling to be, to having had that opportunity. Um, It's like, what, what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? that can't possibly be the last good thing that I do in my life, right? So do you see yourself as like a full career army? Or do you think that's you'll a, get out? In a few great months? question. I, I I don't know. I'm at the 10-year mark uh, in, oh. in the army. That's a, tr- that's a, that's a traditional <laughs> timeline yeah, yeah. for people yeah. Yeah, to get out. Um, I I want to keep contributing. Um, and and, and it, this is a weird thing. I don't know. Could I go 20 years and be and feel fulfilled and, and successful and, and contribute and make a difference? Absolutely. But is that maximizing like my potential? Am I am I helping? Am I doing am I fitting exactly where I'm supposed to be to be making the biggest difference? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like yet. Well, How long did you. your dad do? 
Uh, he did 24 years. Yeah. The minute you step out into this world, you're, it's, it's going to be 100 miles an hour for you. Mm -hmm. and it's yeah. not. It's it's easy, but it's kind of hard. Just like that. Yeah. That light. I mean, the minute you step out of that uniform, pass it over. Yeah. And the fact that there's a hundred of you, that's y'all don't understand how dangerous they are. I didn't realize that. I mean, because they so you get overlooked. Like, and the guys are the worst about doing that because of the because you're because you're a woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that you have those skills, that's what I mean. You got to understand. It's like you go. That's a school you go to to get qualification to go back to do something. But you can go if you have to. If you get called back up, the fact that there's a hundred of y'all. Yeah. I mean, that's really dangerous. It's awesome. It's all. I mean, that's I awesome. Love it. It's a, it, yeah. it is, it, and you, you got to think about this too. The first ones to go through always take the heat. Mm -hmm. So anybody sure. take, talking all that smack and all that, man, you're taking that for the, for the ones coming behind you. And Rangers lead yeah. the damn way. Y'all tell right. me that every time I run into you. <laughs> okay, so when you're, if you're leading the way, that, you're going to take the biggest hits. That's what we do here. You That's led right. the charge on something that, that probably no one wanted. Yeah, yeah. I'm just being real because that's a guy thing. It's a bravado, and it's it's it's. Man, if you want to earn your respect around us, you better bust your ass. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't want to hear you bitching, complaining. I don't want to bend around. I mean, you get in there and take it, and you're going to take what we the the heat of the verbal too. That's part of it because we have to. It's actually love, mm -hmm. hardcore guy. You know, it's just like man, why? It, it, and you can't appreciate it till you get out. They won't step off you until you get out, and then everything changes. Mm -hmm. Because right now, you're still part of the, the deal. You can't even see it. And I tell people, man, for every 10 you're in, it takes two to detox when you come back out to this side. That's a good point. It really does. It really does. And just because of how we're engineered and how we're geared in our generation and what happened to us after those two wars and, and what, what we turned into, especially the SF programs. I, I mean, leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. So good on you for that. I, I'm serious. You're taking all that, that kind of that heat like that, that, that takes a lot yeah. more than just the physical part. So, the, I mean, so then that, you know, to continue to answer the question is like, you, so like, what does it look like? Well, what, you know, what do the next 10 years, what do the next 10 years look like in the military? And there's so many different ways. Uh, there's so many different avenues. Right. And like knowing which one is going to be like, and, and I know for myself, I continue to pick hard things because that's what people like us, like you've already said that that's what we do. Um, so what is that, what is that next, um, thing to contribute to, to do for the, all the right reasons to continue to lead the way? Because right now, especially even in infantry branch, uh, Kristen and I are the highest ranking females. And so we only have had the jobs that we've had and, and there's plenty of women that are coming behind us, which is wonderful. I think uh, last check combat arms numbers, which includes field artillery, infantry, and armor is somewhere in the 600s. Um, and, and SF as well. So like that's somewhere in the 600s. Well, that's much more than when we started, which was, you know, not that. That's awesome. And what now? Back to med school from where you started? Well, she doesn't know. <laughs> no, I'm no. just throwing it out there. It's always an option because, I mean, in the military, you can go do anything you want. And because she's already, you don't understand, too. A lot of those schools, when you get those, they open up more doors for you that, that, that normally wouldn't, wouldn't be there. So if you have that kind of performance already that medical thing i mean it's 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 up there it's just a high performance school yeah yeah but, well i mean the stuff that i care about i care about in general uh optimizing like 
performance and specifically, like, I guess my passion, not probably not my calling, but my passion is to inspire women to, to continue to do that. So continue to do hard things, optimize and maximize like yourself and inspire them to go do these things that they probably don't even realize that they can do because they just don't see other women doing them yet. So, um, I end up talking, uh, in mentorship roles, you know, to a lot, a lot of different women, um, especially in like high school and in like ROTC programs across the country, um, to just share like my experience. Like I really, truly believe like our stories are not just for us. Like they're for someone else. And like they're the the point of them is like, Hey, lessons learned life in general. We talked about life at the beginning. Life is either full of, full of lessons if you got it wrong or a blessing if you got it right. And in either one, a lesson or a blessing um, is something that you should probably share um, with everyone else around you. But like that comes from my responsibility bone that's deep ingrained in me. So I think my my combination of being disciplined and and feeling responsibility will continue to drive me to 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 continue to contribute in any kind of you know matter and and um staying in the military is not a bad option and there are you know there are a lot of different avenues and routes I could take yeah so are your parents just so proud of you <laughs> i think yes uh my mom won't be the first one to tell you but i think that even at this point too it's like a point of pride for my dad he's like yeah oh he's got he's got the t-shirt says my daughter's a ranger i I mean i would have gone all out with that i mean i would have gone all out with it yeah Yeah, i would just think your parents are just over the moon just so as soon as you put that cross around your neck too you knew it was gonna get hard yeah it's kind of that's how it is i mean somebody somebody's got to do it yeah just like we were sitting in the scene he was like why do y'all why do you do it somebody had to yeah. I mean, just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And people ask me, that was just like, I think I was crazy enough and, and stupid enough to keep going for sure. And there, but there's like, there's, I mean, the, the podcast says it all, you know, there's not a, there's not a quitting bone in my body. Like there was oh, no, oh. when I showed up, uh, there was no leaving. I was staying until I got drug out of there or literally like somebody had to tell me like, you cannot continue. It was not going to be me. That's awesome. Yeah. It's having that drive. And then there's where you, your pedigree. You're not coming yeah. out of West Point and all that and going through all that and not going through there. Yeah. I mean, th- those are those are hardcore pillars. Like, And people, yeah, they push you, but they're also something to lean against, too. Because, I mean, once yeah. you've gone through them, it's, a, it's like, hey, look, man, I, I, I've gone through this part of it. They ex- not only do they expect it, you know, I've been like, I have to. There's just yeah. no way around it. We don't think any way. After a while, you can't think of any way other than doing it like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we are very proud of yeah, you. Yeah, I'd ask you how people can follow and you and keep in touch. But if you're active, yeah, then you're we, not yeah, on just, social media. What can we do to help you? Um, I mean, to be honest, I think that like even um, like what I mentioned there at the end is like you know other other women who are like women need to know the warrior culture is not just for, for men and women who feel something inside of them that they are, that they want to aggressively pursue. Like they think that they can be more, do more. Like the military is not a bad option for going and trying that out. You also don't have to stay there forever. I think a lot of women are like, Oh man, like, do I have to get stuff? You know, like there are options two, three, four years and 20 for retirement. But the point is you're going to go do and learn skills and push yourself beyond any limit that you ever thought you could, um, by get, by giving it a try. And so, I think that just continuing to um, to reach out to that population, we we need women. We need more women like like people like me with the stubborn, you know, go like the hard route possible to fill these roles mm-hmm. um, because we need men and women. We can't even meet our rec- re- recruiting and retention numbers no. um, in the Navy 
yeah, army yeah, yeah. or the air force right now. It's a military problem. Yeah. Um, so, so making sure that everybody knows that they're needed is, is really important. Uh, that's, that's how you, that's how you could help me is like to actually advocate and like p- reach out to those environments, inspire women to do this. Do you to be encourage hard, to be um, kids to go into JR, JROTC? Would I encourage them to do that? Yeah. 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 To be exposed to it. Cause like there's, I, I mean, I, I think that everybody who's served in the military can make, can make that like they have had a good or bad experience. It doesn't matter. Like there is no better leadership and personal development training program in the world than a service-oriented job and profession. So even just going and training in JROTC or going into an ROTC program in college and learning about leader development, your personal development, even if you don't choose to go into the military, you're changed because of that. You're going to contribute in your job in a way that people don't think about and that we honestly, our society desperately needs in, in 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 a place where people are very... Um, self-protective and self-preserving. We need yeah. more people thinking about outwardly. What are what are you doing to take care of each other? For sure. I can't wait to see yeah, what your don't... future holds, and I hope uh, I hope the best for you. So thank you, thank you for coming on. We're yeah. really proud of thank you. Thank you for your perseverance and your life. Thanks for your life. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got a file on you now, right? So keep <laughs> yeah. keep yeah, keep living it. It's uh. It was an honor to have you on here. Tell Seriously. your parents, yeah. good don't, job. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tell um, no, I, I appreciate and you guys taking the time and, and, and just your mission of perpetuating, you know, telling people hard, you know, stories of people to keep people going through uh, hard things. Like you can't, you can't get the lesson and you can't get, you know, the reward on the backside if you don't actually persist through something. Right. Um, and, and so just by the nature of you guys putting out there that there's more that you don't, it, Heroes come in the most unlikely, you know, boxes of surprise, and they're all around us, and everybody has a story. So you guys amplifying that is impressive. It's good. It needs to be perpetuated. Awesome. Well, thank you much. We'll keep doing good things. All right. So yeah, God take bless. care of you. Thanks, y'all. Take care. Yeah. Right. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.